how are you supposed to go in and fight something or negotiate with something? <laughs> Sorry. She had some sloppy sounds coming from her hands. Warning. What you are about to hear is not for the faint-hearted. This is their cue to stop listening. Welcome back to a very special episode of Let's Get Cancelled. We're here. We have a very unique and special guest. I'd like to welcome. Woo! How are you? Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. We have here a special expert, someone who is well versed in narcissism. <laughs> I would like everyone to welcome Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Feliz Navidad. So we're starting to notice, I would say within the last 20-ish years, there's a sudden rise of narcissism in the United States. There's a lot of factors that contribute to it. For me, one of them is social media and the internet. What are some ideas that you think contribute to narcissism today? Ooh, I think it's because a lot of parents don't know how to say no. Oh, that's a great, great answer. Or the participation trophies. Oh, that's oh. also another. <laughs> Everyone's special. No one knows how to lose. Mm-hmm. That's true. There also was a movement maybe in the 90s. The self-esteem movement. That's correct. Is that a real thing? Wait, is that what it was called it for? Was yeah. A, it was a self-esteem movement and, and it emphasized not competition, not motivation, not accomplishment, not character, not goodwill, not productivity, but (laughs) (laughs) you just had to be and you should have self-esteem. Yeah, you have to be able to earn it. Self-esteem is earned. No, not not in that movement. No, I know. That's why it's wrong. Self-esteem is actually something that comes from a feeling of competence. People who are very, very passive and very, very lazy and not motivated to grow don't have the same self-esteem as people who actually get out there and put some effort into accomplishing something. They're just built up for doing nothing. Right. And that sort of was the motto. You don't have to do anything. You should just have self-esteem. But that's just not correct because that's just not how we get self-esteem. Self-esteem is something we build. Uh, we build. And, that's and when it takes was that time. Movement? That was the 90s? I think so. Yeah, I think so, How too. did I miss that one I know. In the no 90s. one gave me self-esteem yeah, for no. doing nothing. That's why you turned out good. <laughs> Normal. Yeah. Self-esteem is a factor in mental health. And it's also a factor in mental illness. Very, How so? Very low self-esteem is a, a factor in mental illness because it promotes perverted kind of thinking or convoluted kind of thinking. The negativity that's generated by a lack of confidence makes what you see and how you see it distorted. It distorts your perception of others and it distorts your perception of yourself. Do you think that they don't care about consequences as much? I don't think they think about consequences. That's the problem with narcissism. Narcissism is really a very low tolerance of frustration and a very high need for approval. The combination of needing validation without self-awareness means you are on stage. You're looking for approval. You need an audience to get that kind of approval. 
approval. That's really what narcissism is more about. It's not really a reflection of competence either. It's a way of being. I would like to hear a few stories about people that you've met in your life who are narcissistic, just like the Cliff Notes version. Well, I had a friend who was married who had multiple affairs. She was very, very, were very, very buxomly. Buxomly? Is that the right word? I think buxom is big boo. She right. led with her very, boobs. Very, very, very big. Boom, and boom, she boom, was boom, very, boom. very unusually proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> Was she overall big or she was just voluptuous in her boobs and butt? Overall, she, no, she, she really was big in the bosom. Bosom. <laughs> bosom. And remember bosom buddies? I remember when she cro- <laughs> Tom Hanks. crossed the street to tell me about her new affair. Get out of here. As in was she proud of it? She was not ashamed. Whoa. That's wild. And what's interesting is she always had these affairs with married men. Mm. Was she married? And she was married. Eventually, she did get a divorce with her husband, but... I wonder what went wrong. Well, they were really... (laughs) They were like swingers. And I remembered when she went to see a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist said to her, you know, you're very narcissistic. So she came to my house and told me, you know what the psychiatrist said? She said, I'm very narcissistic, but she didn't know what narcissistic meant. <laughs> so <laughs> she thought it was a good thing? They so, should teach well, you that in she, school. She did not understand that narcissism was not a compliment. Mm-hmm. Huh. And I remember when she said to me, you know, you ought to get your boobs done. Get them titties bigger. Yes. And I said, oh no, my thank you. So vain. I'm so happy I didn't take her advice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the story is that she didn't really understand that she was performing all the time and sex was an outlet whereby she could get her feedback and validation so that the feedback she got really was a reflection of the fact that she had moral deficiency do you think that her husband knew and do you think Absolutely. that do you think that she was going outside to get attention because she wasn't getting it at home I think she was getting it at home. I think she gets it everywhere she goes, and she always flaunts it. Do you think that he had affairs also? Yeah. Oh, they were just oh. all out of all. They didn't believe that you shouldn't. They gave no Fs. Oh, they were swingers. And then F'd everyone oh, yeah, else. that's right. They had an open marriage. That's right. So anyway, I was so fascinated because I had never heard of the term narcissism either. And I was very young, and my children were very, very young. They were less than a year old. And I remembered how I was just so shocked. How could that be that she didn't feel bad about what she was doing? And I kept saying to myself, that must be I didn't understand it was a reflection of the individual's character. But if it's an open marriage, is it an affair? No, because so it's not. That's why she didn't feel bad. Yeah, because they have an agreement. They have an understanding. They've created a space where you're not supposed to feel bad. It doesn't mean that those relationships don't necessarily Mm -hmm. backfire. Yeah. But I did attribute her value system to being a common value system for. So I mm-hmm. says, oh, maybe it's not such a bad thing because maybe that's the way we are. How long were you living in I lived in that particular neighborhood for 25 years. Whoa. And it really had an effect on me because I became very, very image conscious and very materialistic because the community I was living in was very materialistic. Everything was grandiose, magnificent everything. 
And I said to myself, I hate myself. I'm becoming the kind of person that I don't like. So you realized it yourself. I realized it and I said, I need to get away from all of this because it was in the environment. And so I moved and I finally started to build myself up. I find it interesting you said build yourself up because again, it goes back to self-esteem. You have to build your self-esteem through doing esteemable acts. That's exactly right. So that's why I started from the bottom up, but I had to actually escape from the environment because to me, now I'm not saying everyone who lived in that environment was affected the same way like me, but I was affected by my materialistic environment and I was not such a nice person. And by escaping to down-to-earth people, I just started to grow. I mean, I just started to grow by leaps and bounds, and I became really the kind of person that I feel good about. And you've accomplished a lot in this later portion of your life. I have accomplished because I was allowed to get creative. Interesting. That's very interesting. Do you think that you weren't able to get creative before because you were so locked into what other people thought and you had to feel like you had the next great thing? I'm not sure about that, but I did feel as if I was in competition with the people around me. So I was very, very self-conscious. Even though I did pursue an education, I I was just a one-dimensional person. And I had no way of knowing that the people around me were not necessarily good for me. Mm -hmm. So what happened is I was always in conflict. But when I left all of that and started to be around plain, ordinary, plain people, I loved it just felt so normal. I learned, you know, that we have a very big problem with status in this country mm-hmm. and status anxiety. I think we should speak more to status anxiety because that's very interesting. And I feel there's a rise of that. Just like in the 80s, the same thing is happening now. It's like inventing Anna. Oh, status. status. Yes, status. She wanted the status, so she went made, for it. She made it happen. Nobody questioned her because she looked the part. Yeah, She looked the part. She was a mirror image of the people she conned. For those of the you who don't know we should share what is inventing anna who is this anna person anna anna sorokin so is it Sor- I for, I don't yeah. know. sorokin something like anna that delvey she was Russian. a woman i thought it was german she claimed to be a german she heiress. claimed to be but she wasn't she born in russia she was yeah, born she- in russia and then moved to germany, germany with and her grew dad. up in germany Basically, her dad was explaining to her that in life, you need to look the part from a very young age. And so she did. And she kept conning. She conned banks out of millions of dollars. She conned all these high society people. She stayed in all the nicest hotels and never paid for it. She was just had a way with people and how she kept her image. She wanted to be famous. How did she get the hundreds? That's what I want to know. Because she had a ton of cash. Where did it come from? I'm sure she found ways to get her hands on that, especially being around people who had that much money in cash. Yeah. That's what's so interesting. She was really able to con very sophisticated people into believing that she was worthy of their donations and their attention and their participation in her schemes. Of course, they didn't know that she was scheming them and conning them. Her success is a very important message, but I'm going to say something also about her judgment. When she did go to court and she was found guilty, before she went to court, she was offered a a deal. Mm -hmm. And the deal she was offered sounded pretty good. It was a minimum jail sentence and a minimum financial obligation that she had to repay. She decided, no. I'm going to fight this. Mm -hmm. So what happened was she got four years in prison (laughs) and a very, very hefty fine. 
her ego got the better of her. Well, mm-hmm. she also wanted the attention by going yeah. to court. So this was all part of her, her scheme. Her her persona her was persona. She had to have that attention, and also she tried to impress all the people in the jury that she was special, and she just had no conscience or no awareness that this is a really serious situation and going to jail is no joke. She thought she was above it all. I feel like she thought she was going to get out of it. If she looked the part, she played the part, she fooled everybody else. When did she not fool somebody? She thought she could fool the court too. I don't know if she thought she could fool the court as much as she wanted the court to find her guilty so that people thought she was real. And that like, cause at the end Mm. of it, no matter, I don't know how true it is, but she says they know I'm real. That's why they convicted me. They know I was close to having something special. So I think she wanted people to think she was serious and that's what she made up in her brain. They know I'm, I was serious and I was real and I almost did it. So I, I don't know happy. if she truly felt that way or she was just saying, saying it out it. loud, trying to convince herself of that because it backfired. Well, right. Well, there's a very strong tendency to deceive yourself if you happen to need other people's approval. There's a self-lying to yourself, denial Mm-hmm. of the significance of your own behavior and that there are consequences. This is not something this kind of a person would examine because consequences for her were not an issue. Because she, again, goes back to being above it. She felt like nothing will happen to me. I'm too smart. I'm going to outsmart them. They're never going to get me. It's like serial killers. It's a similar dynamic. How so? Because they're putting on this manipulation, this facade, and getting away with as much as they can get away with. And they think that they can do it because they're always going to be smarter or one Mm. step ahead of the police. Mm -hmm. And really underlying it is rage. Yeah. They're very angry people. And Mm -hmm. they have something about them that says... I'm entitled. Mm -hmm. That sense of entitlement, that grandiosity, that form of self-deception that goes along with being a false personality. It's called Mm -hmm. actually the false self-system. And that false self-system leads them in a direction that's corrupt because they don't have a conscience. In the Anna Delvey case, the inventing Anna, she probably had no idea who she truly was at that point because she's been playing a part for so long that she has convinced herself of that. In fact, narcissists really lack an identity. They lack a coherent sense of self. They're quite fragmented and they don't use good judgment. I mean, they're always lying, so they don't know what's real anymore when you're constantly lying and trying to keep track of everything that's right that's why it's called the false self system because they are so fluid in the way they can put on a persona to put on a mask depending on the nature of the situation they're very fluid in their ability to be performers they're charming they turn it on and that's what makes it so dangerous they're very dangerous yes and i think that goes along with why not like serial killers or anything that severe but people in general just regular people who are narcissistic and in relationships with others who are not narcissistic i forget (laughs) (laughs) well people who are not narcissistic sometimes are the most vulnerable because they tend to be very empathetic and yeah. they want to excuse this person and that person. They want to be, they want to they be, want to help. they want to be supportive. They don't want to be judgmental, but their naivete leads them into very dangerous situations without them realizing mm-hmm. it. I do want to talk and go back to that self-esteem movement because I do think that's very interesting. In Did terms it create narcissists? Did it, you know, that uprise of it? Yeah. And I feel like that movement coupled with social media and the internet was a perfect storm. You know what it did create? What? American Idol dummies. 
because <laughs> they have such a false sense of their, them being awesome and they go and try out oh. and they're terrible <laughs> those were my favorite those are my pants favorite. on the ground what is that pants on the ground that that guy from american idol oh yeah <laughs> i don't I forgot remember about looking him. like a fool with your pants on the ground <laughs> oh my god we're gonna have to play it <laughs> i want to say my song called pants on the ground pants wow. on the ground pants on the ground Okay, ready? One, two, three. Pants on the ground, pants on the ground. Looking like a fool with your pants on the ground, with the gold in your mouth. Hat turned sideways, pants hit the ground. Call yourself a cool cat, looking like a fool. Walking downtown with your pants on the ground. Giddy up. Hey, get these pants off the ground. Looking like a fool. Walking, talking with your pants on the ground. Giddy up. Yeah, yeah. Hey, get these pants off the ground. He's dancing for all you people out there that can't see it. And he's very into it. Okay, I think we got it. So, what are your thoughts on that? A pure waste of talent. <laughs> Everyone has been telling him that it's great. Obviously. To the point that he, 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 went, on he went on TV for it. Thinking he was going to get self-esteem like, movement. amazing feedback. And he and they were like, no. That's so interesting. I never thought about it from that angle. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Because there's some other doozies that I might there's have to look. You could also say... They devalued him because they envied his ability to get on that show. Okay, That's wait, have you point. seen this one? Hold on, this one's a good one. I want people to hear me sing, and not just at hotels, weddings, or at holiday parks. It's my time. My voice is big, it's powerful, and I don't look like the kind of person that would have that voice. It's time to show that off. I want to surprise people. I want this. This is what I am made to do, and I'm here to prove it. Bring on that pecan pie Put some sugar on it, sugar, don't be shy Scoop me up a mess of that chocolate swirl Don't be stingy, I'm a growing girl Because I'm big, blonde, and beautiful <laughs> There ain't nothing about me that's unsuitable sit in the bleachers See me down a brain when judges you look like a halberd. What's happening with her mouth? I don't know. Keep watching. <laughs> Thank you. Thank goodness Thank you, it Holly. wasn't longer. Uh, right, Holly, uh, your mouth is far, far too big when you sing. I mean, it was like looking into a cave. I've never seen anything like so huge in my life. And because your mouth is so big, this weird noise sound comes out of it. It was wrong. absolutely terrible. <laughs> what would you say to the people that employ me now? Who are they? A holiday firm that have uh, a massive chain throughout the country, and I've sung over the years to thousands of people. So why would I keep getting employed if I'm as bad as you're saying? Please answer me that. Because it is one thing being a singer in a holiday camp. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not just a singer. I have to have this. This is what I do. I was just saying, making the point, it is one thing being a singer. Yeah, in I a know, but camp, I know you're. I, I and was... it is another thing being a recording artist. 
The thing is, though, Simon, I have to be given a chance... No, Holly, you're not a naturally good singer. <laughs> it's verging on funny rather than serious, <laughs> and I know that's not how you intend it to come across. No, not at all. Do you know what? Maybe you should take up, like, preaching or speaking or... <laughs> preaching! Because that part of it was great. That was good. You sold yourself. Holly, you would be... You're a very good saleswoman. You should do sales, yeah. telesales, some of that. You'd be fantastic. They are Motivational speaking. <laughs> Absolutely. I respect your opinion. It's four no's. Well, we're going to find out, Louis. <laughs> no. Let's torture no, a little more, shall Danny. we? Yeah, you were right. Yeah, you were right. <laughs> so they really think that they're good. Yeah. yeah. She needed a friend, a family someone member, anybody. someone to question her and say, mm, maybe that's not the greatest of ideas. Yeah, maybe don't do that. So why isn't she getting honest feedback? That's what we were talking about of everyone, you're doing so great. We're just complimenting everyone so they don't have to build self-esteem yeah. toward anything. It's dishonest. And delusional. Yes, it yeah. is delusional. But she's employed to sing, though. That's the weirdest part. Yeah, I think she's it, like a clown or she something. She probably is. No, like, a, like showy. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, like she works at probably a, a hotel. She probably sings little songs or whatever in a really small town. I would leave if that was the singer at my hotel bar. <laughs> just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Are or you kidding? Or be or laughing. Be Fascinated. It's like looking into a black hole and yeah. you're just sucked in, right? <laughs> it's like a car crash. You can't look away. Yeah. Or people were drinking so much alcohol. And that they're That's... laughing at her yeah. to her face. Oh, yeah. Maybe I think she took her glasses off so she couldn't see their reactions. <laughs> <laughs> so she couldn't see reality. Yeah. She's like, can I take my specs off so oh, I don't have God. to see the disappointed look in your face? <laughs> Okay, so I want another story about another person that you know who's a narcissist. These are fun. Or we could do reactions where we show you stuff that's happening that you would never see. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you prefer. What do you prefer? Well, we'll see if I can come up with another story. I know this guy... <laughs> we quick. all know this guy <laughs> there's a guy I, I know this guy who's a real con and he can unbelievably successfully con anybody or at least many many people out of their money and have absolutely no conscience in doing that what he's doing is he's using other people's accounts to liquidate bad stocks he tells the people these are good stocks I'm putting you in and eventually they lose their money and I've seen many, many, many cases where this person is named as the defendant oh, because wow. he, has, he has defrauded so many families. He knew how to maneuver and he also studied the law and he understood about contracts and he was able to create his own documents that looked on the surface like they were genuine, mm -hmm. but in a court of law, they had no, no uh, merit. No merit. Wow, that's terrifying. That's really shitty. He had no conscience. What's also interesting is he grew up in a family where he was the most good-looking of everybody. All the women in that family were like his audience, mm. and he was truly the kind of a narcissist that was groomed from the time he was very young. And his voice also is very interesting because he had this power in his voice. He was so charismatic, and you really get to understand where charisma comes from. It comes from deep, 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 instinctual kind of power that most of us don't have. It's like a cult leader. Yeah, he's like exactly like, and, and, and one time I was crossing the street with him, and he was holding my hand. And I remember saying to myself, 
nobody's ever held my hand like this guy is holding my hand. Like mm. I could feel the intensity of his attention just holding my hand. Mm. They're not ordinary people. No. And they they love money. Yeah. <laughs> they really love money. That's power. I mean, he does love, love money. money. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> they don't have a conscience and they're very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And most of us are, are taken in by their facade and that's why it's important so say you're interacting with someone and your friends or your family members if there is a repeated theme where they're able to see something that you're not able to see because the charisma has got you blinded Mm -hmm. by it if this is something that keeps coming up around people that you know and love and trust listen amen listen Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. i would have listened i wouldn't have been with my ex as long as i was but my family tried to warn me, but I was completely, like, blinders on. I didn't hear it. I, I made excuses because I was under his spell. Under his spell. Now, that's a really, really important message. They have the ability to spellbind you. you Hypnotize you in a way. Mm-hmm. up in it, and it's really because of the way their personality is structured. They really lack a core identity, and so... What you're relating to is their emptiness. That's what captures your attention. And you can't be objective because there's something that just draws you into their personality. It's so amorphous. It's like the fog of war, except this is a fog of a personality. Hmm. I remember in the beginning when I was starting to date him, people were like, why? And I was like, I don't know. There's just like something about him. I can't explain it. And that's That's basically what you said. And it's interesting with the fog. People can't see in the fog, especially when fog is really thick. Not until you completely get out of it. Mm -hmm. Not until you're completely devastated. Yeah. Mm. Were you devastated? Um, Yeah, probably. I'm very sorry to hear that. I'm sorry that you had to have that experience. No, it made me stronger in who I am today. Like, I got through it. I learned a whole lot about myself and about the world, so... And that's it why is what you it had is. that experience, yeah. so that you could learn to make the distinction between healthy people and not such healthy people. Now you know. Your eyes are open. You're not naive. When you go through something, that's how you learn. You change. You grow. And it grounds you. So we all know hasn't been through a lot of things, and her outlook is very, shit happens. Life happens, right? And you move on. Yeah. You know, it's just she can't relate to a lot of things. Where people who go through stuff can relate to other people who have gone gone through those things it's Mm -hmm. like a real bonding experience Mm -hmm. when you go through a trauma and you find someone who's also gone through a similar trauma you can relate there is a trait called self-reflection that enables you to grow through your trauma but if you don't have the capacity to self-reflect and to ask yourself what did i do what was i thinking how did i contribute to my own demise so to Mm -hmm. speak so this is very interesting you say that because another thing about the sensitivity is is don't blame the victim, right? So it's a very victim mentality that's sort of what we've created as well. Victims but don't grow. Victims don't grow. And also, you don't have to look at it like just because you didn't notice things doesn't mean you did something wrong. Those are two different things. Maybe you didn't notice it. Now you do and you grew and you learn from it. This is not about blaming, but this is about understanding. And awareness. You don't want that to happen again. You want to protect yourself. 
Uh, we've lost the two of them. Okay, so well, okay, She's so let's, we got to wrap it up then. Let's kind of wrap it up. Okay, so hold on. So I, I just want to say this was a really fun talk. I thought we kept it real. We had a lot of interesting back and forth. So I want to have everyone go around and share a takeaway from everything that we were talking about. Narcissism and, and sociopathy and all that stuff. Putin. That's her takeaway. (laughs) That was a great way to end it. New episodes dropping every Wednesday.